This morning, we have a real special treat. This is the anniversary of 9-11, and we're all very well aware of that. But this morning, we have a very special speaker that's, that's here. He spoke at our Manly Man Conference a couple of years ago. The men were just blown away, were touched by him and by his testimony and what God has done in and through him. This morning, we have with us truly an American hero, a patriot, but most of all, Celebration Church. We have with us here this morning a man who is passionately in love with Jesus. And that is something that is so vitally important. And you will sense that as he speaks with us this morning. So would you join with me here at the Eastside Campus in giving Greg Stubbe a warm welcome as he comes and shares God's word with us this morning. Thank you all very much. It's a real honor for me to be here today. It is the anniversary of 9-11. It's been 10 years since we were so brutally attacked on our homeland. And it's not that I think that America is precious and pure any more than any other country or any other people. But I'm very proud to stand here today with you in a country that is under God with a constitution that supports God's will for us. That's something to be proud of. Now, if you know that, that we as Christians are the worldwide number one target of radical Islam, you know that the terrorists are after you. That makes you crazy, folks, for sitting here. I don't know what you think you're doing, acting like a bunch of sinners coming in here. But the truth is, this is the third time this morning that I've stood in front of a group of people that's here to worship despite the international threats of terror on the anniversary of such a tragic event. You're here. You know. <laughs> you know things. I'm so proud to be here with you. I spent 23 years in the United States Army with the Special Forces, learning how to fight on an A-team um, and freeing people from oppression around the world. And I'm very proud that we are chartered as a country in that way. And I served in what truly is a people's army. Now, China may claim to have a people's army, but that's conscript service. It's it's automatic, and they indoctrinate their people as to why they're serving, and they try to prove to their own people that it's the right thing to do. Americans already know. We're already with the program. That's why we volunteer to serve. But service is not something that's exclusive to the military. Service is the basis for American culture. We are a culture of service. Service above self and beyond sacrifice. It's been proven time and time and time again. And we are in peril as a culture. And there are evil people and evil forces that wish to take our God-given freedom away and threaten our very survival and existence. So, as Mark Gunger would say, you don't have to be a wuss to be a Christian. You better stand up, step up to the plate, and be the warrior that God has called you to be for His cause. 
And if you're a warrior for his cause, you have to see how much better our lives will be as a result. And for me, having spent my entire career around the world liberating others from oppression, I have to confess that I wasn't very strong in the department of liberating myself. Because I just didn't know. No one ever taught me that I'd have to surrender if I was ever going to win. And in faith and love, it's the absolute truth. You have to surrender if you ever want to win. For me, I spent my whole life training, uh, developing physical strengths and attributes and, and mental acuity and, and tactical capabilities so that I could fight on any front and win in any battle for this country. But in one fell swoop, in one moment, I was blown up, burned, and shot. And I spent a year and a half in the hospital. And I lost all those capabilities that I thought could sustain me. Lying there in a hospital bed, I had lost over half my intestines and, and lost control of my bowels. And I had third-degree burns all over my backside, my back, my legs, and my butt. And I'm not into telling people what to do, but I want to strongly advise you not to burn your butt. <laughs> I haven't found it on the list of good things yet. Uh, listen, when that happened, it changed my identity. It changed who I thought I was. And for all that I had developed and prepared for, I had not developed my spiritual psychological self. I was nothing. No capabilities. And the woman that I swore to serve, love, defend, honor, protect, she was doing those things for me when I was in a position to do nothing for her. And she stayed by my side, serving me in what I thought were horrible ways to have to serve one another. I had to humble myself because she was pushing nurses out of the way to do these unthinkable things to care for me, cleaning me in very intimate and personal ways. Now that brought me down. How, how could I face that? And it taught me what true strength really is. And it taught me that I'm weak because I know full and well that I'm not able to do a lot of those things for her that she does for me. And men, I suggest to you that since we were born, women have been doing things for us that we have not been doing for others. And that's why with our culture in peril and with us being called to fight to sustain our culture and our faith, I encourage you to fight like a woman. Now, guys, I don't mean to throw you under the bus or anything, but we've been making too many mistakes for too long. And the things that we think make us strong and the things that we believe make us better leaders are all wrong. They're very self-centered. We make decisions.
based on what makes us look good and strong and right. While our mothers made decisions that never took themselves into consideration. Always the good of you and others when that lady would make decisions. She was up all night rocking us to sleep, feeding us when we were uncomfortable, scared, sick, giving up any sense of personal pursuit for herself. I challenge you to bring some of your perceived strength to the table and try to match it with that. And I challenge you to present a case that our military, law enforcement, or any other form of service that we traditionally relate to can compare to the selfless service that the women in our lives provide. I'm not a... I don't consider myself a chauvinist. If anything, I'm a... I'm a reverse chauvinist, because, well, never mind. Um, This stuff is important. And if you want to be strong, first surrender, and then learn how to fight. As an American soldier, I'm so proud to tell you that we do not fight out of anger or vengeance. We never have. Look at our history. What is it Americans are fighting for? Love and compassion. Maybe not what you expected to hear from a Green Beret. But a Green Beret is just a hat anyway. I'm flesh and blood. And I need help. Love and compassion are the reasons Americans fight. We love freedom. And we have compassion for the human condition. Wherever it occurs on the planet, we're there. We're going to lift oppression from people. And we do that under the charter of the United States Constitution, which was written in accordance with God's will for us. Wow. We've got the handrails of truth that we can hold on to as we do what we do as Americans. And we have the example of love and compassion in our lives to turn to to be stronger leaders. So guys, you can go to the gym all you want. You can build these muscles. You can wear whatever pants and shirt, you know. Get some advice on it. What makes you look tough? You know, hey, what words can you use? How can you posture yourself as you speak? How can you look tough? How can you, how can you make other people think you're tough? I don't, whatever you're doing, you got nothing. (laughs) You got nothing. Until you surrender and just learn to love. That's where it's at. That's the only kind of strength that can sustain us. That's it. And if you don't think that we're in a war, let me help you declinate your compass this morning. We are at war. Don't confuse the relative calm that you feel and your misguided perception of safety. Don't let it fool you, because around the world there are threats from terrorists who hate you, and they hate us. They do not understand how goodness can rule. What they understand is the perception of human power and illegitimate authority. 
And they're, they're willing to go to any length to force that on you and us. They want the benefit of our resources with our servitude under that illegitimate authority that they would impose on us. We cannot allow that. But in order to sustain this, in order to maintain our culture, we are going to have to be better leaders. Leadership is at issue. Please don't think of leadership as an appointed or elected position. Leadership starts with you. And only you. That's it. It's with you. In the military, we define leadership as the way a person influences others to accomplish a mission, providing purpose, direction, and motivation. On its face, that's no different for anybody. doesn't matter where you work or what you do. Leadership is the same. But let me explain what's a little different. And I'm not one of these guys that wants to make the world military. No, I just got out of there. I'm I'm good. (laughs) But there are things that we learn in those kinds of career fields that can't be learned. You can't be tested in those ways in any other career field. If you're emergency personnel, law enforcement, military, sometimes your subordinates have to overcome their fear of dying to do what you tell them to do. Wow. Have you had to overcome your fear of death to perform even small tasks? It's something serious to ponder. Now, when you tell me to charge that machine gun nest, I'm going to look at you. And even if I know it's the right thing to do, and even if I believe in the cause for being there, I'm going to look at you. You want me to do what? And in that moment, in that instant when I look at you, I'm going to see everything I know about you. I'm going to remember everything I've heard about you, everything I saw you do, and everything I heard you've done. All of it. That comes into play for every one of us. It's why we know we're supposed to be a good example. And we'll never be a leader without a holistic perception of leadership. Don't hit me with this bipolar concept that you can be one person off duty and another person on duty. It's a lie. There's only one you. You adopt a moral code and you go with it and you live by it. Or you will never be a leader of any kind. Period. Not an effective one. You may gain some kind of perceived authority in your work and in your job. And you may be able to tell people what to do all day long. But it will never be legitimate authority if you're not holding it up in a personal way. We're going to need that kind of personal commitment to survive these challenges ahead of us. We've got to be able to look each other in the eye. And we've got to know That the man, the woman next to us would do the right thing. We've got to know that. We've got to be able to rely on each other in this crisis. I pray today that we're not going to have any bad news 
on this anniversary of 9-11. But I'm not foolish enough to think that it's not going to happen. It is. Picture yourself in that moment of crisis. What will you do? Where is your heart? What is your posture? When that moment comes, I, I pray you've found God by then. I used to make fun of people who would come to God because of a crisis. Oh, how convenient. <laughs> you might die now and better find God. That's wrong. And I'm ashamed of ever having felt that way or of making fun of anyone for any reason. Now, I don't care how or when you come. Just just go to God. It's where we belong. And I, I wound up being that man. Called myself a Christian my whole life. Grew up in the church. I was... Formerly educated in a Christian environment, but I hadn't adopted him in my life. And most importantly, in my feelings and in my thoughts, I hadn't adopted him. I knew how to negotiate that minefield when I'm around them Christian people. I know, uh, say this, don't say that, uh, wear this, don't wear that, and uh, make sure the radio's turned down when I drive past them. But I just hadn't adopted the real thing in my heart. I always felt like, man, if I, if I bring on that kind of baggage where I owe everything to my maker and I'm responsible to him for everything I do and say, I'm never going to have any fun. This sucks. But I didn't, I just didn't realize that, man, if I would just tell the same story everywhere I go, just be honest with everyone I talk to. It would get so much easier. It would be so liberating to be honest and never worry and feel good about where I am and where I'm going in life and the fact that I, I might even be considered a good example one day and maybe even a leader. Man, I, don't, I want nothing more. And I found out that service is not bondage. Service is not a heavy weight to carry. When you're liberated by knowing that service to something greater than yourself is the right place to be, there is no finer way to live. I love it. I love you all for being here. I love you for serving God in the face of perils that we face. But I'm going to tell you that you need to, you need to don your armor and you need to be ready for a fight. There are some things holding us back from being as good a warriors as we know we ought to be for God. And I want to break some of those barriers today and ask you to join me in fighting in some new ways. First of all, fight like a woman. That's right. I'm watching. <laughs> but look, I, yesterday I just did a quick scan of media releases and I found a few items uh, and I stopped less than halfway through the list of things I found that are alarming. And I didn't even search through for the big ones. I just took the first ones. And I want you to 
Check your resources and do some homework yourself and have a look at what we're facing. These are some of the media releases from yesterday alone, and it's less than half of what I found. Okay. Air Force suspends the use of Bible verses. New curriculum bans reference to the birth of Jesus in text. Christian church denied construction due to street having Islamic name. Sheikh calls for worldwide Sharia law and for the extermination of all Christians. Islamic group intends to make as much noise as possible during 9-11 moment of silence. I don't know about you, but these are threats to my core values. They defy my reasons for living. And I'm not going to stand for it. I ain't done fighting. Now, I mentioned barriers to our fight. What's preventing us from being better soldiers? Now, I don't want to be somebody that winds up telling God one day when I'm faced with His presence, but Lord, I I wouldn't have been promoted in my job if I had said something or done something different. Uh, the regulations at my work uh, were bigger, better than your command, God. You want to be in that spot? You want to tell the Lord that that your work conditions were more important than His will for you? Listen, this political correctness ain't going to cut it. You can't sit on one side of the aisle and say that you're following God's will for us. Because we're based on love and on freedom and on compassion. And there is no side for that. It's just the way we're supposed to live. Now, and and besides, if it's political, it's not even correct to start with. It's a misnomer. So this is war. And our political correctness... And careerism is getting in the way of us doing the right thing. And because of societal pressures that are encroaching on us, many of us have decided to draw a chalk line around our feet and declare that all that matters is our own thoughts, words, and deeds. What's inside the line is only your business. Oh, blinders go up. Whatever they're doing over there is their business. Wrong. Wrong. This is our country. There's no way that we're going to sustain our culture and God's will for us being cowards. There's no way it's going to happen. Do not draw that line around your feet and become permissive of things around you that you know are wrong. Don't do it. Do not put yourself in a position to have to explain that later. 
We are responsible for our families. We are responsible for our communities. I'm here in Green Bay on the anniversary of 9-11 because I wanted to be. And since I was wounded, this was the most formative community that I have engaged with. When I came here for the Manly Man Conference, I was embraced and I was loved by this community. And I saw you people getting along in ways that I adored. And I've thought of you ever since. And I'm very proud to be here. I'm proud to be here with your family today on Sunday, September the 11th. I'm so proud to be here with you. Now you can imagine, I'm telling you the truth. I was requested in other places. No, really. And, and Pastor Lathan, it's been an honor to spend this time with you. And you're, you're a lot cooler than Mark Gunger said you were. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud to be with you. God bless you all and God bless America. Let us fight well together. I want to close with a short prayer. Lord, we pray that you'll be with us today and every day and help us form a more humble heart and a more humble posture. Let us not be judgmental of those around us, but let us see the commonalities through you and your will for us. Lord, we know how Christians react in a crisis. And and if we take a hard look Lord, at how Americans have responded in these crises, we know, we know that people who follow you respond well because of the right intentions and because of the humble heart and the servant heart that you help us build. Lord, we look to you to become that kind of leader, to become that kind of follower who can do honor to your kingdom. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Greg is heading down to our Latino uh, group at the bottom of the building. He's going to be speaking there for them as well. So uh, he's not leaving. But uh, as I, I'm going to invite ushers if they would go ahead and come and our worship team as they come back on stage as we just transition into our communion this morning. In a few moments we will be sharing as a family a meal. A meal that represents what Jesus did for us on the cross. Helps us to remember. This is a day of remembrance. A day of remembering what happened ten years ago when we were attacked. A day that we can be reminded of who we are and be challenged like we were challenged this morning by by Greg Stubbe 
in being and holding that moral compass and saying, God, we are going to serve you. We're going to commit ourselves. We're going to walk faithfully before you. We're going to speak when we need to speak. We need to stand strong in the face of opposition. We're going to be a people that are called by his name. You see, when you're referred to as a Christian, when you actually say the word, I am a Christian, you know what that actually means, the word Christian? You've got the word Christ and then the few letters at the end of the word. It actually means a little Christ. Not that we are Christ, that we are perfect, but that we are following and becoming more and more like him. That we are Christians. And this morning, as uh, Greg was just sharing with us, I was challenged by the fact that when we partake of communion and before we do, that one of the most important things of realizing that we have experienced God and the victory and, and being victorious is that we learn to surrender. Surrender. You see, we serve a, a warrior, Jesus. He came 2,000 years ago, became a man, suffered, ridiculed, persecuted, died on a cross. But how many of you know this morning that Jesus is alive? He's alive. The third day he rose again. The word of God says he's seated on the right hand of God the Father, the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit has been sent to live within our hearts and our lives. So we serve a warrior who has given much for us. And my challenge to you this morning is that we need to take time to surrender to him. In a few moments I'm going to invite all of us to pray a a very simple prayer. Really it's a prayer of surrender. A prayer of surrender. You didn't know you were going to come to church this morning and surrender, did you? (laughs) A very simple prayer of surrender. Talking about surrendering the fact that I realize that I'm a sinner. And that I confess my sin. I say the same thing as God says about sin. I stop thinking that, I, that, that my life is right, that I'm doing the right thing. That I realize that what God says, what He says is the truth. And I confess my sin. I say the same thing as He says about the sin in my life. I repent of my sin. In other words, I choose with God's help to turn from the sin. Not making excuses any longer. Well, if you pastor, if you had a wife like mine, you would realize how hard it is to be a Christian. Or if you had a husband like mine. Or if you had a boss like mine. Or if you had children like mine. Or if your bank account was like mine. Or whatever it is. Folks, we need to stop the excuses and stand and say, God, I'm turning. I am serving you and want to follow you. And I want to respond according to your word and the truth from your word. Repent of my sin. And in faith... Accept you and forgiveness of my son and stand strong and be all of God. It's surrender, a prayer of surrender. Someone here this morning is going to pray that prayer for the first time, mean it from their heart, and their lives are going to be changed supernaturally. But there are many here this morning that are going to pray this prayer and surrender an area in their life that they've been struggling with and take a stand that they've never taken before. And this day of 9-11, this remembrance of 9-11, will be a day that you will remember, in fact, for all eternity. So would you bow your heads with me? 
I'm going to invite you to just pray this very simple prayer with me. Ask all of you to repeat it after me. Again, this morning, you praying it from your heart for the first time? Was it opportunity to surrender to God in a new and afresh in your life? God will take what you pray and confess this morning and make it real into your heart and your life. So would you say these simple words after me? Dear Lord Jesus, something in my heart tells me I need you. I now confess my sin and repent of my sin and surrender to you, God, by faith and ask you to come into my life as my Savior and as my Lord. Amen.